Hey, what's going on? This your boy, Jay Mace, and welcome to a throwback episode of Beyond the Album Cover. Well, this is from The Time Machine, and it is an interview with one of my heroes for broadcasting that got me into this business in the first place. I can remember sitting down as a three-year-old watching him on Video Soul, whether it be the weekly show or the Top 20 Countdown that would come on every Friday night. And I believe 9 o'clock Eastern, it was sponsored by Coca-Cola Classic. We all know him from his years on BET and in the DMV area on WPGC, KISS, and he's currently heard on Magic. And he's also the newest inductee for the Class of 2020 Radio Hall of Fame. I'm talking about Mr. Green Eyes himself, Donnie Simpson. Here's a throwback interview with him on the Time Machine, and we discuss his beginnings in radio, TV, BT, Video Soul, and up to this point, he was still on the air doing his morning radio show on WPGC out of Washington, D.C. So we get into all of that, but sit back, relax, and enjoy this archival interview with Mr. Green Eyes and the newest inductee to the Class of 2020 Radio Hall of Fame, Donnie Simpson, right here on Beyond the Album Cover. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Jay Mason. Right now with me on the time machine, I have legendary BTVJ and radio personality, Mr. Donnie Simpson. Mr. Simpson, welcome to the time machine. Well, thank you, Jay Mason. Appreciate I appreciate it. it, man. How you doing? Man, I'm doing good, brother. How about you? I'm doing fine. Can't complain, man. I'm living the dream right now interviewing you because you don't know how much I watched Video Soul when I was younger. Wow, really? Yes. I, wow. I, well, well, that's very cool. Thank you, man. All right. Let's go appreciate ahead. Appreciate the support. All right. Let's go ahead and get this started now. How did you get your start in radio? Uh, wow. I was 15 years old, believe wow. it or not. Yeah, I was a baby, man. Uh, my mother owned a record shop in Detroit, Simpsons Record Shop. She still owns it, by the way. And uh, and I worked there from the time I was 12. So people would always come to the record shop and say, God, you sound like a DJ. You know, because I had this heavy voice. And I mean, I remember the year my voice changed. It was during the summer between sixth grade, uh, between seventh grade and eighth grade. You know, because I, I was in the choir, and then I and I was the only male first soprano in the choir, which was cool because you got to sit with the girls. Right. <laughs> but then uh, that next semester, I came back, man, and I was this heavy baritone. You know, it was just really weird. So people would always come into my mother's record shop and say, sound like a DJ, and it would go in one ear and out the other. My first ambition was, believe it or not, to be a Baptist minister. Wow. And um, then... Uh, one day, my mother had a live remote. Uh, one of the local DJs, Al Perkins, came out and did his radio show from my mother's record shop. And he put me on the air once an hour or so, you know, doing the specials. Uh, and we got the Temptations Greatest Hits on sale this hour for two ninety nine, You know, that kind of thing. And then people would come in and go, man, I heard you on the radio. You sound just like a DJ. You sound great. And that was the very day I became interested in radio. I was 15, and uh, then they... Uh, hired me to do weekends uh, at WJLB in Detroit. Okay. okay. So, I mean, how cool is that to get your start in a major market like that? Um, you know, but uh, I was doing weekends for like three or four hours, and then they fired, when I was 16, they fired the guy who did 8 to Midnight and asked me to sit in for him for a week to give them time to find someone. And uh, I sat there for seven and a half years. Wow. You know? And so that's how I got started in the radio. Then uh, you know, moved to Washington, D.C. Uh, 29 years ago, 1977. And um, I did radio at uh, WKYS in Washington and uh, BET 
uh, was just getting cranking about 81, I think it was, and called and asked if I was interested in doing this uh, uh, music video show they were thinking about creating called Video Soul. Okay. And uh, at first, in all honesty, I wasn't interested because I've been ve- I've always been very protective of my image, you know, and the things that I get involved with, and you know, and I think you have to be that. You know, I tried to only get involved with top shelf stuff. Uh, BET in its infancy wasn't a pretty baby, right? You know, uh, but as I thought it through, the bottom line became that this is our first black television network. Mm-hmm. If you have something to offer, it you need to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I went on and did it, and I'm glad I did, man. Right, and it's also should be known too that while you were in DC, you were backing up George Michael on the Sports Machine, correct? Yeah, right, right. I sure was, man. I was George Michael's backup for about three years, and mm-hmm. uh, eventually I had to give that up. I just had too much going. I was, uh, you know, doing the morning show. Um, I was the program director of the radio station. I had BET in the afternoon and George Michael on the weekend. Right, so you were on your on your hustle. Oh man, I'm telling you, bro. <laughs> Too many things to do. Right. <laughs> right. Now, what was video so like during its early years? Uh, well, very early. I mean, it was pretty rough. Uh, when I first started, I wasn't even sure this thing was going to last more than a year. Right. Uh, because we didn't have the titles that um you know, MTV had. Uh, the white artists got bigger budgets. Black artists didn't get budgets for music videos until they had sold a million records. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was a totally different thing. I mean, when we first started, we had, uh, I think it was about 25 videos. And that was it, mm-hmm. you know. So so that was kind of rough, but, uh, you know, things changed. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it. Um, when I first started, we only had a million and a half viewers, too. By the time I left, that number was... Uh, approaching 40 million. Wow. And uh, now that number is probably around 80, you know. So, um, you know, it, it was a great experience. Mm-hmm. Now, what were some of the most memorable moments that you had on the show? Ah, boy. Um, God, there were so many. Yeah, uh, take, take your time. My, one of my birthday celebrations was special to me. Um, every year they wanted to do a birthday show. And, uh, you know, I kind of... I never got into that. I don't really like celebrating my birthday a lot. I don't like celebrating me mm-hmm. a lot. You know, I just don't. I think people get tired of that. You know, God, we got to celebrate this dude's birthday again. Seems like it was just last month, you know, because <laughs> they would also celebrate anniversaries, you know, so it just got, it always felt like too many celebrations. But anyway, uh, one year we were doing uh, one of my birthday celebrations and they like to surprise me with guests that I love. And, um, uh, the first guest to walk through that ele- off that elevator that day was B.B. King. Wow. And that's my man. <laughs> I love B.B. King. I always love, well, I love music, period. Mm-hmm. But I love blues. I mean, I just love everything. Mm-hmm. And B.B. has always been one of my favorite artists, man. Right. So uh, that was very special. Um, wow. Uh, to have Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis on one year, we did a Thanksgiving special with uh, Jimmy and Terry, Alexander O'Neill, and Sherelle, and uh, we're all singing um, uh, Alex's new song, My Gift to You, which is very cool. Um, another, oh wow, this is really classic for me. Uh, I had the Temptations on one day, and it was my wife's birthday. Uh, her name is Pam, but I call her My Boot. I know a lot of people do that, but I yeah. can really call her My Boot because okay. she was born on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> 
and uh, so I said, it's my boo's birthday, and I just I said, I wonder if y'all would help me sing something to her. So I get the Temptations up to sing My Baby with me, and, you know, my mic is off. I'm just pantomiming, you know, but... Uh, Man, we start the song, and I'm doing the lead vocals. You know, whose hairstyles are out of this world? Whether it's straight or bouffant or it's curled, my baby. And they start singing the backgrounds behind me. It almost stopped, man, because I'm a freaking, you know. I mean, I grew up in Detroit. Temptations are like kings to me. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I realized, these dudes ain't playing. You playing, but they're singing back there. <laughs> Right. I mean, they were blowing, man. It was just an amazing moment for me just to have uh, someone that I've idolized all my life uh, on stage kicking it with me like right. that, you know. Uh, we did an Aretha Franklin special once from her house, two hours with wow. Aretha. Um, I'm sitting on her piano stool with her, and I don't remember how we got into this, but somehow the conversation went to Curtis Mayfield, uh, which is another great moment for me, another special that we did with him, a guy whom I love and miss. Um, but uh, we started talking about Curtis, and I was telling Aretha, I said, my favorite song by Curtis is The Makings of You. And she starts playing it. She goes, add a little sugar. And I, I shouldn't be singing. And I just started crying, man, because it was just one of the moments for me. It was, First of all, this is the greatest voice I've ever heard. It's Aretha Franklin. Uh, growing up in Detroit, being a kid, you know, we used to look at every Cadillac that went by, hoping to see Smokey Robinson or The Temptations or Aretha Franklin or uh, one of their cousins would have been just as fine, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it, for me, it was a moment where it was like, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. You know, why here I am sitting on the Queen's throne with her, and she's singing one on one in my ear, you know. I'm not worthy of this. Right. You know, I don't know how this moment, I don't know how I got here. I don't know how this moment happened, you know. Uh-huh. So those are some of the special moments for me in Video Soul. Right. And um, another guest that was on Video Soul around during your time at BET was New Edition. And you pretty much had the chance to watch them grow from kids to, like, their solo years with BBD, Johnny Gill. So how was that like watching them grow? Oh, it was wonderful, man. I mean, we watched a lot of artists grow. Um, uh, and, and those guys in particular, because they uh, were always friends and still are friends. We've always been cool. And, um, you know, they um, they had something, something special. You know, I've always been fond of groups, you know, again, growing up in Detroit and loving the Temptations so much. Uh, to see New Edition come along, they were like the closest thing to that era that I saw. You know, they kind of, as a matter of fact, uh, for a, what was it, uh, it was the Smokey, the uh, BET Walk of Fame honoring Smokey Robinson two mm. years ago. New Edition came back and performed the Temptations. They did some of the Temptation songs that Smokey wrote, and it was unbelievable, man, to watch these cats do the temps. I mean, they had the steps down, man. They they were killing it, and um, so you know it, it's always fun to watch somebody grow, especially when you you, know, you see them start off and. You, know, you don't know if they're going to make it or not. I mean, sometimes you can see something special in somebody, and, you know, it still doesn't mean that they're going to make it. You know, all the stars have to be in alignment for that to really happen. And uh, But when it does happen, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see, you know. And then for them, wow, for them to grow into boys to men. I mean, you know, for Michael Bivens to have created that whole thing, or at least discovered it, I shouldn't say created, but... Um, you know, to watch them grow and for them to uh, credit 
their start to your show. You know, I mean, that's that's very cool stuff, man. It makes right. you feel good. Right, and then around 1995, when Video Soul was like getting ready, was losing its steam and whatnot, and um, I noticed that, I think I've read in Bob Johnson's book, The Billion Dollar Bet, that there was no finale for, for Video Soul when it went off the air, correct? No, there wasn't. I mean, you say losing its steam. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I mean, it was always the... Uh, the most popular show on that network. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, we we did no final show. Um, uh, you know, I for me personally, um, I got a call from Sherry Carter one day saying that we are doing, we're getting ready to do the final show. And I said, really? She said, yeah. She said, at 1 o'clock. I said, oh, really? She said, you don't know anything about it? I said, no, I don't. And she just started crying. And... Um, she says, you have to be there. I said, no, I'm not going to be there. You know, I've, uh, I stopped doing that a while ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I for me, I just got tired of the show. The last two years I did the show were, were brutal for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, everything has its time. Mm-hmm. And I, I did the show for 14 years. Mm-hmm. And I think that... You know, everything gets old, man. And mm-hmm. I just felt that I, I was just tired of it. The last two years, every night I would go to do the show. Um, there's a street here called New York Avenue is how we got to BET. And uh, every day I would think, God, if I just kept riding, I could be at the bay in 45 minutes having dinner with my boo. <laughs> you know, that's all I could think about. Mm-hmm. And when you have those kinds of thoughts on the way to do a show – that tells you that it's time to stop doing that show. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be there anymore. Right. I believe in that same philosophy myself. When it stops getting fun, then it's time for you to move oh, on. There's no question. There's no question. If you're not having fun, then it's, it's not worth doing. You know, mm-hmm. life is too short. Right. And speaking of Sherry Carter, what is she up to now? Uh, making babies. <laughs> well, she well she has two babies. She had them actually while we're doing a show. So oh, okay. they are like 10, 11, 12 years old, something like that now. Okay. Yeah, but she lives in the D.C. area, and she's doing well. I've talked to her recently. She's okay. doing great. That's that's good. That's good. That's good. And um, the highlight for me was Friday nights, 8 to 10. This is Donnie Simpson, Video Soul, Top 20 Countdown, sponsored by Coca-Cola Classic. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, you do know it, don't you? Yes. I mean, I Couldn't studied I studied Video Soul like it was a playbook, you I know. I see. Because wow. um, I tell people all the time who inspired me to get into radio and us and TV is it'll be you and Don Cornelius. Wow. Wow, man. Well, that's very flattering, man. That, well, that makes it all worthwhile, you know. It really does. I mean, um, you know, to have someone who looks up to you like that and um, uh, to make a career out of it because of that influences. You know, that, wow, it doesn't get better than that. And, like, with BT's current state, how do you feel about, you know, 106 and Park being the flagship show for BT as Video Soul was for many years? Uh, you know what? I can't comment on that. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be straight up honest with you. I've never seen it. you never seen 106? No. I've never seen it. Um, you know, I know it's a popular show. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know... I know AJ, and, uh, you know, we, um, because he's 
come up to introduce himself um, at a BT um, Walk of Fame show. <laughs> he came up and kneeled, <laughs> which was really, really funny. I mean, and there's thousands of people standing around, and this dude is kneeling. He's bowing and, you know, doing that, you know, like, you're the man, you know, that kind of thing, which is very cool. Right. But, uh, yeah, I can't comment on it a whole lot. You know, I'm okay. not I, – I, I just did not watch – I just never, I never saw the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't watch my show. Wow. I didn't watch Video Soul. Um, you know, I just, um, I don't know. I, just, I've never been, I never like to watch my work or listen to my work on radio. I don't listen to tapes. I don't watch videotape um, because I'm afraid it'll make me too analytical. Um, you know, to me, it is a magic that exists. Uh, and I just I do me I do my thing and whatever me is that's what you get mm-hmm. and um, I feel like if I start trying to analyze it then I start trying to make it perfect and it's and 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 that kind of loses the, the realness and the magic that it is mm-hmm. and um, so you know and I I may be wrong but I'm, it's 35 years of being wrong now mm-hmm. but uh, you know I never I never watch videos every now and then I would catch it. Because I was in somebody's house that had it on, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I never, ever, ever turned it on at home. Uh, they send me, God, I must have hundreds of tapes mm-hmm. that I've never watched. I, I figure one day maybe when I'm 75 years old, I want right. to look back and show my grandkids or something, you right. know. Maybe I'll look at it then. But, yeah, I don't, so I don't watch much. Right, because, like, my aunt, she lives in South Carolina. She has a old, like, a collection of BT tapes and stuff like yeah. video vibrations and video soul and, uh-huh. I, and I cherish those is that right yes I, I still pop them in and watch them when I do I get a smile on my face really wow that's very cool man yes. that's you know that, that's very cool I I'm, I'm honored I'm very flattered that's great and now how do you feel about like since BT was sold to Viacom in like 2000, mm-hmm. how has how do you feel about that? Because I feel like BT has lost some of its luster that it had before that. With you had Teen Summit, Video Vibrations, Soft Notes, um, Video Soul, and now a lot of people saying we want BT to go back to that golden era. Yeah, well, you know, I, I've heard that too. Um... Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know if it's Viacom that affected that or if it would have gone the same route had Bob never sold it to Viacom. You know, I don't know. Bob is a businessman, and some of that criticism uh, Bob received long before he sold it to Viacom, you know. Um, so, you know, I don't necessarily think it's, you know, the white man taking over this property and mm-hmm. and, and, and deprogramming it from a black perspective and trying to make it something else, you know, because, uh, you know, Bob still ran it for five years after he sold it. And now, um, Deborah Lee is running the network. So, you know, it's still, you know, I personally would have, it meant a lot more to me when it was black owned, uh, because that's something that has always been important to me that we should be in control of, uh, media properties. We should be in control of images and messages that come into our communities. You know, that's the way I've always felt. So when it was black owned, it meant a lot more than being, you know, black run but white owned, which is what it is now. You know, um, you know. Well, I told you at the beginning of this interview that one of the reasons, that the reason that I got involved with it was because it was our first black owned television network. That was the thing that 
turned the corner on, on my thinking on this that made me get involved. Right. You know, I don't know that I make that same decision if it was set up the way it is today. Right, right, right. And um, that also segues ways to my next question. By you doing radio now, you have a morning show out on WPGC 95.5, correct? Right, in Washington. Yes, and um, with the way radio is now, you pretty much have to pick and choose which format you want to go into. And that puts a lover of different types of music in a hole. So how do you feel about the current state of radio and by it being so formatted? Uh, I don't like it. You know, I... um. You know, it's a different day, you know, and um, I, you know, I'm very fortunate. Unfortunately, I'm very fortunate uh, to be one of the few that, you know, I, I have total control of my show and the music I play. I do what I want to do, um, and I say unfortunately because because I that list is so short, mm-hmm. you know, um, I can't help but think about young people out there now who come into this business who will never have a chance to express themselves musically. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I've always had that chance. You know, I've always had that. And and the day I don't is the last day I do this. Right. You know, I, um, you know and I'm all over the place, man, because I love music. You know, um, I mean, y- 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 I'm telling you, there's no telling what I will play on any given day. I mean, I've gone from Jimi Hendrix to Santana to 50 Cent to uh, um, Mariah in 15, 20 minutes, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm all over the place right. sometimes. and But I've been very fortunate in that my audience will go with me. Mm-hmm. Programmers tend to think that it's not it, – I always tell them that – I'm old school. I came in when it was called broadcasting. They still call it that, mm-hmm. but it's really narrow casting now. Mm. And I don't like that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, when I go, when I travel now uh, to any given city, you know, I can turn on a radio and in five or six minutes tell you what that station is. Okay, that's hip hop and R and B, or that's you know smooth jazz. Or it's, you know, it's just all so. It's a formula now, you know, from market to market. Back in the day when I used to travel, I'd get to a city, man, I could hardly wait for the plane to touch down, to turn on the radio, to hear Chicago, to to feel New Orleans or L.A. They were all different. Everybody, you know, they had the music was different. The vibe was just different. Every city had a flavor. And now that flavor just doesn't exist, you know, because you've got these conglomerates that have taken over everything. In so many cases, you've got one programmer telling 30 stations what to do, and, you know, so they all become the same. Right. And um, I've noticed, too, I've been going on RadioAndRecords.com that a lot of formats are flipping to, like, urban or rhythmic formats because they figured they could make more money in, like, an urban or rhythmic market. Mm -hmm. And um, with the way radio is now, I see it as if you want to play what you want, you either got to go to a jack station or go on satellite radio or online radio. Yeah, well, that's probably true. That's probably true. Mm-hmm. And that's sad. Yes, it is. <laughs> you know, it Cause, really is. Because I feel the same way you do. Like, great minds think alike. And, like, last week on my show, I played the Human League, Human. And actually, I was kind of nervous about that. Wow. Yes. That's my boys, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Yes. That's their song. Yeah, you know, wow, to be nervous about that song, which did very well. Uh, R&B, too. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just a pop smash. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, wow. I'll tell you a quick story. I remember uh, after I gave up programming when I was at KISS, uh, one day I played, and this is really stretching it out, but this is me. Um, I went on air and I was talking about this guy, Garth Brooks. Who is this guy? I said, you know, I don't know his music. I don't listen to a whole lot of country, but I love music. Um, I look in the Billboard charts, and this guy has five albums listed on the charts, all on the left-hand side, meaning all in the top 50. Behind them are little triangles, which indicate platinum. Behind the little triangle are numbers that say 14, 10, 8, 12. I said, this dude's got like 65 million albums sold. You know, so I went out to the store and bought some Garth Brooks because I wanted to hear you know, I mean, I'm in the music. I'm the, this is the business I'm in. I want to know. I said, this dude is off the hook. <laughs> Man, I went on the air and played like snippets of three or four songs. Mm-hmm. And um, after the show, the program director, because, you know, even though yeah, I would, they, made, they gave me some stupid title, executive VP or something, which never, you know, titles don't mean a thing. I'm not programming it anymore. I, a title doesn't make me feel good. I don't care about that. But um, but the program director comes and she's upset, you know, how could you play Garth Brooks? I can't play. I said, Barbara, don't talk to me about my music. You know, she gets, and she went on and on. Finally, she goes to the general manager, and next thing you know, I'm in a meeting in his office. And uh, he's like, Barbara said you were short with her. You were pretty nasty. I said, yeah, she's talking to me about my music. You don't talk to me about my music, period. Mm-hmm. You know? And he says, well, I understand, but she was concerned because it's Garth Brooks. I said, Skip, I don't have conversations about my music with anyone. You know, I do what I do, mm-hmm. you know? So meeting ends, and I know this probably makes me sound like a like some kind of controlling egotistical, but it, but it's not. It's... You know, it's. I feel like I know me. I, I know music. I know radio. I, I've mm-hmm. done this for a long time. I'm not trying to say I'm the best at it, mm-hmm. but I've had some success. We've got the number one show in this market for I don't know how many years. There's there's something. There's a reason that that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm protective of my freedom of creativity. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to have it. So meeting ends. The next day, Washington Post does a huge front-page style section article on Garth Brooks. The opening paragraph says, How big is Garth Brooks? Yesterday, he crossed over to the Donnie Simpson show on WKYS. It was just so perfect. It, it, that was advertising you couldn't buy for a million dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, and it came about because of that freedom to create that I have. Right. I mean, you talk about a foot in, the, in your mouth moment for the for the program director and the general manager. You know, that that was it. It's like, you know, leave him alone. Let him right. do what he does. And, and that's one thing I appreciate about uh, my general manager here and uh, uh, at, and the state. Just WPGC. They just well, they know. I mean, we we they don't. They just don't talk to me about the show. Right. You know. I don't do critique sessions and mm-hmm. talk, have discussions about music. And, and mm-hmm. I just don't. You know, I'm, I'm one of them. Look out the windows. How does the day feel, kind of guys? You mm-hmm. know, the day feels like my girl by the temps. I'm dropping it. Right. 
you know. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way I do the show. Right, and before radio got so formatted and before music video channels got so strict, back in the day on BET, you could see George Michael and New Kids on the Block on video, so. Yeah, right. That's right. There's no question. And And to me, you know, I think that, again, programmers assume that people... They're scared to play things that are outside the format. They want to be so safe. It's a, it's a, a misperception that pe- people's ears are a lot more diverse than programmers are willing to give them credit for. They really are. Nobody wants to hear the same thing all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you check out Snoop. <laughs> you know, you look at Snoop. What does Snoop listen to? Snoop listens to the Delphonics and the Dramatics. You know, he's a hip-hopper, but his musical interests are, you know, he's into a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. You know, most people are, you know, and so, anyway. Right, and um, what advice do you have for anybody that's trying to get into radio or broadcasting in general? Um, I think the best advice is, and this is going to sound very simple, but I'll try to explain it, and Try to make it a little more difficult. But that is to be yourself. Okay. And um, I know it sounds like a simple thing to do, um, but it took me 13 years of doing radio before I found myself. Uh, I was watching Tiger Woods win his 12th major this Saturday, and the commentator made uh, a statement saying that Tiger has, that he is, he knows his swing now. And I went, wow, that's deep. That's just what I felt in my 13th year of radio. You come in emulating people and trying to, you know, emulating people who was your ideal of radio, what radio should sound like. And um, so, you know, you experiment with a lot of different styles and stuff. And uh, But in that 13th year, all of a sudden I realized, it's like, wow, uh, I'm me. You know, for the first time. It's taken all these years, but I have found me. You know, I know my swing. <laughs> you know, and that's a really good feeling. And um, so, it, it, the, the, and the reason that that's important is that, to me, I've always felt that there are a thousand people out there waiting to take my job. 500 of them are just as good as I am. The other 500 are better. The only thing I can beat them all at is being me. Mm-hmm. You can't do that better than me. That's the only thing I know I can beat them all at. So at all times, I be me. Right. And um, do you have any shout-outs you want to give? Shout-outs? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I just want to shout-out God and some of the brothers sitting at his knee, like uh, Malcolm and Dr. King. Um my boy Rick James, <laughs> Luther, you know, those are the people I'd like to shout out. All right. JFK. <laughs> <laughs>
Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, just some of the people I love and look forward to talking to one day. I'm in no hurry. But right. I do look forward to sitting down and kicking it with y'all one right. day. Ladies and gentlemen, Time Machine, super exclusive, Mr. Donnie Simpson of Video Soul and radio host of the Donnie Simpson Morning Show on WPGC 95.5 in Washington, D.C. Mr. Simpson, I appreciate it. Thank you for doing this interview. Hey, man, it is my pleasure. God bless you. All right. Um, Now, can I get that liner from you? Absolutely. Still there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, what do you need me to say? Um, like this is Donnie Simpson of BET's Video Show and Donnie Simpson's Morning Show, and you're listening to WUAG 103.1 FM, Greensboro, North Carolina. WUAG. Give me uh, what's the position again? 103.1 FM. 103.1 FM. Yes. Greensboro, North Carolina. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Hey, this is Donnie Simpson. One more time. Hey, what's up? This is Donnie Simpson, formerly of BET's Video Soul. You're li- uh, one more time. Hey, this is Donnie Simpson, formerly of BET's Video Soul, and you're listening to WUAG 103.1 FM in Greensboro, North Carolina. Now, I got some stories I got to share with you, Mr. Let, let me do one more take on that, okay? All right, go ahead. I just want to do a little, a different version. Go ahead. Hey, this is Donnie Simpson from W... Oh, no, 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 no. Hey, this is Donnie Simpson, formerly of BET... Hey, this is Donnie Simpson, formerly of BET's Video Soul, and you're listening to WUAG 103.1 FM in Greensboro, North Carolina. Now, Mr. Simpson, um, I got started doing my show... Three and a half years ago, I've been doing my show since my freshman year of school, mm-hmm. and I called up the station manager, Jack Bonnie, and I was like, I want to do a show here, but I don't want to be playing anything that I don't know nothing about, and I was like, if you give me this opportunity to do something that I love to do, I, I promise you, you won't regret it, and I've been doing this show for three and a half years, and mm. all the success that I've had so far, like, I've been, like, the top five DJs almost every year since I've been here. Mm-hmm. Um, I've interviewed from Coco to SWV, Alan McNeil of Troop, Ryan Toby, City High. I mean, the list is just staggering in three and a half years, and I keep asking God and myself, how did I get to this point? And I still feel like I've reached the pinnacle in my early career by getting you on my show and I'm trying not to hold back from choking up because I'm like I I never imagined that me uh, being a boy from Gaston, North Carolina would interview Donnie Simpson someone that he's looked up to admired and wanted to emulate for so many years on radio TV broadcasting and I'm just I'm just lost for words. If I, I I would be kneeling if I was in your presence right now too, because I'm just like, how did I get to this point so early? And wow. with my show, I try to educate the younger crowd that don't know about Human League, about mm-hmm. Orange Juice Jones or mm-hmm. Vic James or whatnot. I call it 
edutainment. Because, mm-hmm. like I say on my show, you don't know where you're going you until know you know been. where you've been. That's right. And I've been blessed to have so many people respond and welcome to my show in open arms. And the station has welcomed my show, too, because they were kind of nervous because I play, like, the commercial hits that everybody know. Mm-hmm. Why they say we supposed to be non-commercial, and um, they're like, wow, he's bringing in this many people listening and got all these high-profile people for interviews, so he must be doing something right. Mm-hmm. And I feel that God has blessed me with the gift of music and the gift of speaking. Because when I was younger, I used to memorize Jet's top 20 albums, top 20 singles, front to back, and watch your show and Soul Train and study how you and Don conduct yourselves, how you conduct the interview, how you react to your audience over the air. And I and I'm just feel lucky to be here doing this because I was born prematurely, mm. three, three months, two pounds, three ounces, hospital, six months, and ever since then, I've been blessed, and music for me is my life. I want to take what I'm doing now in college and make a career out of it because I believe in my heart that my show has the power to become syndicated mm-hmm. and to become worldwide because anybody could be a DJ and get on air. If you can talk and you know a little bit about music, you can be a DJ, but it takes something special for you to have a brand. And like your show is a brand, Tom Joyner's show is a brand, mm-hmm. The Banks is a brand. I feel that Jay Mace and the Time Machine is a brand. And I want to one day be in the same breath of a Casey Kasem, a Wolfman Jack, Dick Clark, yourself, Tom Joyner. I mean, the list goes on and on. But the one thing that's keeping me going is staying humble and staying hungry. Because if you do that, it can all be taken away from you for an instant. And um, I, yeah, just, that's true. I just cherish every moment that I have on my show. And I would like for you, if you have time, to listen to my show so I can get, like, a full feedback from you so that I can see where I need to step up my game okay. and, and become, you know, top-notch like yourself. Okay, you going to send me something? Um, Actually, I can't, my shows are online. Or if I don't know if you'd be able to listen to it live, but um, more than like. Wait, hold on. Yes. Come in. No, come on. Okay. Oh, my man. All right, Jack. Oh, my man. Yeah. Man, my man. Okay, thank you, brother. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, it's it's all right. Um, like I don't know if you'd be able to listen to my show live, um, Friday nights now to 11 p.m. Eastern time, but um, some of my shows are online at www.njs4e. 
dot com. And once you get to the main site, you go to. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. www dot njs njs four e dot com. And once you get there, you click on Urban Outlook. And once you get on Urban Outlook, you go to Urban Outlook for the months of April and May. And on on those pages, it has my interviews with Johnny Gill's brother from 2D Extreme, Shanice, Coco, okay. and um, some of my shows. Okay. All right. Um, well, let me try to do that, man. Okay. Um, Friday nights. Friday nights, 9 to 11 p.m. And the website is www.wuag. Mm-hmm. W-U-A-G. A-G? Yes, dot .net. Okay. And we have live stream, so if you click on live stream, you can listen. And now I could be like, Donnie Simpson called the request line. I'm like, y'all, this is J-Mace. Donnie Simpson just called the request line on the time machine. And um, right now, about to go into Human League with Human, right here on WUAG, the music, 103.1 yeah. FM. Okay. Yeah. My man. Well, I'm going to try to check you out, man. I'm going to try to check you out live, or I'll go to the other website and All see right. what I can yeah. Yeah, because I would I would love to intern for your morning show. I mean, anything that I can do to get to where you are at, I'm willing to take notes, soak up like a sponge. I mean, I'm I'm just humble and, and hungry, like I said. No man, I hear you. Well, hey, then you will get accomplished what you want to get accomplished, man. I have no doubt about that. And once again, like I said, I don't know how I got to this point of interviewing you, but it's been my honor, my privilege to be interviewing Mr. Donnie Simpson of BET's Video Soul, sponsored by Coca-Cola Classic. And right after Video Soul, we have Video Vibrations by Alvin Jones, the Unseen VJ. Speaking of Alvin Jones, what is he up to? Uh, I don't know. I haven't talked to him in a long time. Wow. Yeah, I haven't talked to Alvin in well, a two, three years. Wow. So, but man, I have to go. I got to get out of here. That's it's understandable. Uh, but uh, it's been great talking to you, brother. For I, real. I I appreciate it. From one radio personality to another, thank you. My man, thank you, bro. All right. And good luck to you, man. All right, thank you. You'll be hearing more about me in the future, so um, keep your ears and your I eyes will. open. I will. Oh, definitely. All I'm right. Be looking out for you. All right. Check my okay, show brother. out. Bye bye. Thanks. Later.